is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, church. My name is Tox, and today I will be continuing with our theme that has been running for a while now, titled "It Matters a Lot." I will be taking my Bible um, verse reading from Matthew twenty-eight, verse um, eighteen to twenty. So, um. What I've discovered throughout my Christian walk is the fact that as I go through scripture, I discover that God is actually more interested in us than we are in him. And God is searching more for us than we are searching for him. And ever since I was a little kid, I always wondered how heartbroken God must have been when Adam fell and how it must have affected him. And I felt that this heartbreak was what led to God coming up with the, um, you know, the, the promise to restore man back to himself. Like in Genesis chapter three, verse 15. And it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and he will strike his heel. So God here is promising the coming of Christ into the world. And also throughout my, um, you know, my Christian walk, there are certain Bible verses I read and it cuts to the heart so deeply. Especially when you look at Jeremiah, you know, chapter 2, verse 13, where God says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. This verse really always affects me because it talks of, of a father that is so deeply hurt by the fact that his children have walked away in their own path. But I also found out that the fall of man created a huge void in the heart of man. And for centuries, man has sought many different ways to fill this void. You know, we'll go through, you know, um, workaholic, we'll pass off into our jobs, you know, alcoholism, sexual immorality, and every flesh-driven um, lust. But we're never able to feel that emptiness that only God can feel. And also, I discovered that God could not influence man's choices, especially during the, um, uh, the fall of Adam and Eve. He couldn't influence their decision. It was part of this creation principle that man had to choose for himself. But when man fell, God had to come up with a plan to save mankind. And that plan is Jesus Christ. But I also believe that, you know, in the story of the prodigal son, the father was so eager, so eager to see his lost son that he actually ran ahead to go and meet the son. 
And I believe that God, just like that father in the prodigal son, is searching, is seeking, is looking for his lost children to come home. And so the prodigal son story is the story that is about the whole of mankind. So the son that went away and the son that stayed at home are both sons of the same father. But one question that I always thought about was, why couldn't the son that stayed at home go out to search for the son that went away? And that's why Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 is such a, a, a powerful verse for me personally. If we could just go to it. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I believe this verse is at the very core of all that God wants to do in the world. Starting from Genesis um, 3.15, that call, that promise that God made, the Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20 is a continuation of that call. And I believe that Christ was the greatest witness to the kingdom of God while he was here on earth. So he has shown us everything that we needed to do in order to reach the lost. He has shown us the example. He came into the world. He left heaven and came into the world. And now in Matthew 28, he's sending us out into the world. But this was also revealed in John 1.14. Where it says that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So Christ took on flesh and came all the way from heaven to come and be with us and be like us. And Isaiah prophesied this 700 years before now, where it says that in Isaiah 7, 14, it said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we will, and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. So God left his glory, his, his majesty, his, you know, everything about him. He left all of that, took on flesh and became like man. So God sent Christ into the world to those that he needed him the most. And that was why Christ was found amongst the, the dregs of the society, the poor, the sinners, you know, prostitutes, those that society has rejected. That was why he was found. Because those were, were those that he came to save. And if you look at um, the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. You can hear Paul's exhortation to us Christians. And if we go to that verse right now, it says, um, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, 
did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So what does this mean? It means that Christ took on decaying, sinful, um, you know, weak flesh in order to save us, in order to draw us back to him. That was the ultimate, for me, that was the ultimate sacrifice. You know, even when the, 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 the religious leaders asked him, why do you hang out with sinners? Why do you eat with sinners? And Christ said, look, I only a sick person needs a doctor. So I didn't come to save the righteous, but the unrighteous. So that's what Christ did while he was here. He has set the example for us. So in that's why, that's why he said in, in, in John um, chapter 20, verse 21, he says, as my father has sent, sent me, so I sent you also into the world. So Christ is sending us. In Matthew 28, um, verse 18 to 20, Christ is sending us the same way God sent him into the world. He has shown us the example. He has lived the life that he wants us to emulate. So, what should we take from this Bible truth in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20? The first thing I believe is that we must go. That's a command. Go. And I believe from my work with God, I believe that if you go, you grow. There is something that happens when you obey this call. Your, your life is completely turned around and you get to see God's move. You know, I always think about Paul. When you read about Paul's activities in the book of Acts, Paul went, he obeyed that call and amazing things happened to him. It wasn't easy, but they were brilliant. God, the power of God moved mightily with Paul as he obeyed that command. And one other thing I need us to understand is why must we go? Why, why do we need to go? What I believe the first thing is, it's a command from Christ. And the Bible says that um, if you believe that he exists, then you're also willing to do that, which is his, what he says. But I also believe that not only is, was it a command, we've been enabled, we've been empowered We've been, we've given everything that we need to go. And the Holy Spirit, you know, such a wonderful, the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit empowers us, enables us to obey that command to go. So what I believe is that the son who stayed at home out of love and compassion ought to look for the son that was found in the pig's pen. So I believe also that the world is wherever you are right now. That is the world that God has sent you to. That's the world that you're called to. So if you're a teacher, 
you work in the medical field, doctor, nurse, whichever position you are in, that is your marketplace. That is the world for you to reach. So Paul says in, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, I really love this verse because it's exam it exemplifies everything that we need to do in order to go. Paul says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though myself I'm not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. And that is such a brilliant verse, and it's true. You know, we are, have been sent into the world to be that light that God needs to, for his children to come home. But one thing I believe is that we must not mistake compassion for compromise, which means we must not allow the world to influence us. You know, I truly believe that we can exist in a world where sinners live. That was what Christ did. But the Bible says that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Which means that even though, yes, we are in the world, but we are not of this world, the world should not influence us. Rather, we should influence the world. Our Christ-like nature must shine through so that people, when they see that nature, they actually see Christ in us. We must be like bright shining light that leads God's, God's lost children back home to him. I also believe that while Christ was on earth, before his ministry began, he studied the people that he came to save. He learned about them. He was found in the synagogue. He knew everything about the, um, the Jewish religion. So there was nothing about both his history and the history of, the, of his people that he didn't know. So my, my exhortation for us is that study the world that God has called you to. Find out what is it about the world that you can use to influence the world for Christ. Paul did it brilliantly when he was in Athens. And he discovered that the, the Athenians actually worshipped a lot of idols. Paul used that to, um, as a tool to reach into the, um, the Athenian, even the, the high-thinking officials. Also, I believe that Christ left the culture and language of heaven and came down to earth and took on the culture and language of earth. So sometimes we might need to put our Christian language and culture aside to identify with those that we're trying to reach. Because sometimes we can end up driving people away rather than drawing them to Christ because of our approach and because of the fact that we have this attitude of you know, wanting to, to, to throw you know, our faith and our you know, Christian culture at people first. So, it is good to 
Um, let your love and compassion be the driving factor. Let people, help people to find their place in Christ. Let God meet them at, the, at their place of need. One thing I believe is that Christ never asked any of his followers to change first before they followed him. They followed him because they saw that there was something in him that made the difference. The next thing I wanted us to also remember to do is to be patient. You know, the Bible says, pray without season. But be patient. Remember that, you know, some sold seed, some water the seed, but God's bring the increase. It doesn't matter where you are, where you are in that process, but continue to pray into the world that God has called you into. Sometimes naming those that God has called you to specifically, Hold him up in prayer constantly before God. Amen. And I also believe that, you know, it's often comes to the point that a lot of us actually want to evangelize, want to witness, but we don't know how to. And this is where I believe that, you know, the church plays a huge role. Our community uh, uh, groups is such a brilliant place to learn how to, you know, witness for Christ in the marketplace. Some of us are brilliant at our jobs. We are amazing at, our, at, at the marketplace where God has called us to. But when it now comes then to witness for Christ in that situation, we struggle because we don't have training. And I also believe that, you know, that sometimes God will create opportunities and in the moment, God will want you to speak into someone's life. And I believe that the community group is where we learn to grow in confidence, to grow in the knowledge of the word of God. And then we're able to take that into the, um, into the marketplace. Amen. And lastly, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. You know, I always keep thinking, I have this imagination of the, the day of the Pentecost. You know, the amazing impact that the disciples of Christ had because they had this brilliant, wonderful person of the Holy Spirit leading them, you know, empowering them. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Always defer to him. Let him be the one that will tell you what to reach, when to reach, what to say, how to say it. You know, listening to the Holy Spirit is one of the most beautiful relationship we can express with God you know just letting him guide you through because when you're led by the Holy Spirit everything just works out because he's all-powerful he's all-knowing he knows who God is drawing to him so let him lead you so finally I believe that we are light bright shining light sent into the world into a very dark world and God is seeking to use us just like he sent Christ into the world he's now sending us into the world to reach the many as that light shines through the darkness the children of God see it as a beacon to return home to the father who is so eager who is searching for them to come home. And God's call that began 2,000 years ago 
in Matthew 28 verse 19 has not changed. The call is still there to go. So, in closing, I'd like to pray for us that God will give us the courage, give us the, 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 the heart desire to begin to actually obey this call. See, God is not calling us, he's not calling his children to a building. He's not calling them to a denomination. He's not calling them to uh, um, some, you know, person. But he's calling them home to their savior who loves them, who cherishes them, and who is looking forward to receive them home. So, Father, I just want to thank you this morning. I thank you, Father, because as you called us, You've called us to go and do exactly what Christ did on earth to reach us. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will empower us to do that without fear, without you know, feeling inadequate. But as we listen to your Holy Spirit, we will do that which you've commanded and called us to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Lord. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.